Hello and welcome to BYOB. Bring your own books, booze, boys, bubbles, bugs, bubbles, anything you want. Barbells. We are super excited for you guys to meet Grace Salmon. So I am Nolan Ash. Well, we're kind of out of order this time. <laughs> Over there on the end is Laura Cameron. Sandwiched between the two of us is author, podcaster, all kinds of things, Grace Salmon. And we're super excited to talk to her about all of the things that she's got going on. So, so glad to have you here. And Grace, you and I have chatted many, many times on various things. Um, Laura, have you had a chance to talk to Grace live before? No, but I think we have something on the books coming up. Is it in June? July, August, 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 August. 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 the summer. Yeah, the yeah, summer. summer. For those of us, you know, Laura and I are both teachers. Right now, the world is sort of this fuzzy thing between <laughs> school and summer. Is what it's all about right now. Yes. yes. When we're past that, it will be summer and we will chat. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. That will be a lot of fun. Grace is so much fun to talk to. So Grace, I would love for you to tell the folks a little bit about yourself. I mean, author, podcaster, does not cover <laughs> who you are. That, that is a very weak, weak introduction. So I would love for you to tell the folks a little bit more about yourself. Oh, you're both too kind. I'm an author and a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I was right, right on. So I covered that. Yeah. So, uh, I've written four books. My last, uh, my first three are in the area of education. So I'm so excited to be with the two of you today. Uh, my first Three books were all about improving high schools in the United States. My last book is a novel, so that's uh, been a real delight. And the theme, perhaps, of my novel is that we are never done. And when I was writing it, I thought I was done. And apparently, I'm not, because I have the radio show called The Storytellers. I love having Nola on. That's where I'm going to meet up with Laura in um, August, I think it is. And um, I'm starting a new radio show in August as well called Launchpad, and that's going to be celebrating authors who are launching their books. So lots going on. Now, you also are part of a very energetic Facebook group, Bookish Road Trip. Uh, they do some fun stuff, and we would love for you to tell folks about Bookish Road Trip and what you guys have got coming up. I'm so glad you asked. Bookish Road Trip is my real home on Facebook outside of my own little page. It's for people who love books and love traveling. I always refer to it as a tidy site because we have scheduled program. You can go to our website, which is bookishroadtrip.com, and it lists all of the activities we have every single month. And there's a book club and there are author panels. We're doing one this month on the difference between audiobooks and and paper books or ebooks, and what that experience is, is like for both the author and the person who does the audiobook. So that'll be different. We do a, a Instagram shows, we do Facebook shows. So we're incredibly active. I'm the director of membership. So come on and be with us. We have almost 3,600 members, and it's one awesome. of the largest Facebook groups out there for people who love books. 
And you yeah. guys, I love the organization that you have oh, on this yeah. site. And you've yeah. got a great team that's working with you. And I, I think that is truly the key to having a group mm -hmm. that is that is doing so much. I can only imagine what it would be like for one person trying to, to handle that. I can barely handle my own. Oh, so, I don't think you could do it, Nola. We have nine people on the, we call ourselves tour guides, but on the administrative team. And we all have really specific tasks. Linda Rosen does the newsletter. I do membership. Barbara Conn uh, the USA Today bestseller does the um, monthly book club. Mary Sheriff uh, does book marketing and does all the added author events. So it is, we have a quarterly meeting and we have an agenda and it's very much like running a business, but yeah. a little bit more fun. Is Mary <laughs> Sheriff in charge of the whole thing though? Is she kind of, did she begin the group? There are four people who began the group. It was Mary Sheriff, Libby McNamee, Julie, Valerie, and Melissa Face. So those were the four founding members. And then we've added Meredith Stoddard and C. D'Angelo. Um, they are every place, but they are, have the bulk of our Instagram work. And then I already mentioned Barbara and Linda. And then we have uh, Josie uh, Brown, who just came out with like her 27th book in one series that she has. And Julie Valerie does all of our graphics, which also gives us a really pretty branded look. I think. Yeah, all of your graphics look very similar. So you know it's Bookish Road Trip when you're... Mm -hmm. Julie's very them. smart about that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think having a good team behind you or with you is is the really the right way to do things. I mean, it's very difficult in the author and book world to go it alone. And we talk all the time about how welcoming the author community is, especially on Facebook. You know, there's so many different places you can get involved. And, you know, the fact that you all came together and kind of found what you do well and kind of found that niche within the larger construct of Bookish Road Trip is, is really great. And the fact that you are all empowering each other to do that strength, you know, this is what you're good at, you take that. And just the teamwork is is incredible on that, that particular group. It, it's great, it really is. Well, yeah. and Nola, you're such a great example of that. When I was asked to get my first radio show, and that was a big surprise to me, and then I switched stations. And I, you know, you and I chat, but we don't know each other well. And I just reached out and said, can I ask you about Authors on the Air Global Radio yeah. Network? And I was hooked up in a minute. Mm -hmm. So you're a great example of how people work together as well. Well, I, I like it. I, I've had people help me out. Laura and I help each other out all the time. We both have different strengths. We both get different information mm -hmm. and we share it with each other. I, I don't see writing books and being an author as, you know, it's not a competitive sport. <laughs> you know, it's just really not. Um, you know, you you have friends that you make and if you really if you really kind of give back what was given to you, it's just a much richer experience all the way around. And I think Bookish Road Trip is a fantastic example of that and how that can really work, not only for those that are coordinating it, but also for the members of the group as well. It's a great experience for them. Thank you. So tell us about the eaves a little bit. I mean, I know I've read it and you and I have talked about it before in different places, but tell us a little bit about your novel that is your first fiction book that you have out. It's true. So The Eaves is about the psychologically complex Jessica Barnett. She's given up on herself and her career, but not her vodka and not her lies. I know Laura doesn't drink, so, but yeah. Vodka. She, oh, my <laughs> I will take the vodka. <laughs> 
So, and she's just lost. She really doesn't know who she is anymore in the world until she has a very bossy friend who says, you are hiding. You need to go meet these women who are living on this farm in beautiful uh, Maryland overlooking the Chesapeake Bay. And as Jessica starts writing their stories, everybody's stories changes. I love it. We all have a story to tell and our story does change and grow as, as we do. And I know my story right now is very different than my story was five years ago. And it has a whole lot to do with, of course, the people that I have come in contact with. So I love that premise of the book and watching everyone's stories evolve, not just hers. I love it. And I love it because the youngest character is 15, the oldest character is in their 90s. I've got African-American people, I've got Native Americans, there's a lesbian couple. So there's a lot of diversity in there, which is what I wanted for myself as I imagined my trajectory forward. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, so many different people coming together to share their stories. And it really does kind of inspire that conversation is you get to know other people and meet other people that are in maybe a different stage of their life from you. And just listen, let them tell those stories. I mean, my grandparents telling me stories was always one of my favorite things. My grandfather told us all kinds of stories, most of which were probably not true, but they were great <laughs> stories. <laughs> so I love that, that they weren't. <laughs> yes. No, they were great stories. And, you know, much of the family takes them as gospel truth. <laughs> pretty sure there was some significant stretching of that <laughs> truth. But having them share those stories, there's such a wealth of experience and wisdom and just commonality that you can find that if you don't, if you don't take that time to have those stories shared, um, it's, it's, you're missing something. You really are missing out on something. Sometimes that, that the older people sometimes get overlooked, but they have such a wealth of knowledge. I always, my best friends in church were always the older older people and I would sit and listen mm -hmm. to their stories. And now I pass those stories on to my kids now that they're gone. Mm -hmm. My grandma and, and an older gentleman who was a World War II vet, I got all of his stories before he he passed at like 96. Had Did you stories. write them down or tape them? or? I have not written them down. I should. He had a whole box full of pictures too because he took his camera to Europe with him. Mm -hmm. And he took pictures of Hitler's um, eagle's nest, bombed out, wow. pictures and pictures in the concentration camps when he had liberated them. He was at D-Day. I mean, this guy, I, this box. What a treasure trove of history. He had no children. So where this box ended up, I do not know, but it should be in a museum because he really showed should. me all the pictures. But yeah, that's just, I guess, an example of, of the, you know, the treasures that can be passed down from that's our older awesome. generation. Well, yeah. I had friends like that in my neighborhood that were the older couples that, you know, they, they didn't necessarily have their grandkids around them. And so those of us that were the young kids yeah, and at that yeah. time, you know, the street light coming on is what signaled you to go home. <laughs> Otherwise you're running the streets. Right. And we yeah. had, I still remember all of their names and, you know, the three different, there are two couples and then an older lady that lived by herself. And those were my favorite people to go and visit. Yeah. And one of them was a World War II veteran and he told us his stories. And, you know, we sat there, my brother and I just with rapt attention because it was it was living history. I mean, these were things we had heard about, but his story, he was a dentist. <laughs> he was a he was a dentist <laughs> in World War II. And so he got to talk to lots of different people who did lots of different jobs. And it was really interesting that the 
he was even collecting stories. So he could tell us about different patients and what their stories were, what stories within stories. It was amazing. Of course, you know, I'm a kid. I I didn't have a tape recorder. Man, I wish I'd had. I mean, oh gosh, the stories. But I love the the idea of sharing those. And maybe those kinds of stories from those kinds of people are why I'm so focused on, on telling stories and why I use a lot of history in what I write, because there's just something magical in having someone tell you history as opposed to, you know, yeah, there's, it's so different when it is individual. Yeah. And it's their story. It's, it's an important thing to get to know someone's story. So Grace, did you have a group of women that, that did this with you, that, that you experienced this with, or is this something that was kind of your, if I, if I could gather women, this is what I would want to do. Well, it was definitely if the, if I could gather women. I think to Laura's point, I've always found not only did I love my mother's stories, but my other mother's stories. And then after my mom passed, I've always had somebody in my life who is that next generation up. So right now my old friend is 92. And uh, I just find that so important to be able to touch that. It's like a touchstone for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to respect their stories and to hopefully pa- pass on the stories, but also the lessons mm-hmm. that, you know, they know a whole lot of oh. information, but yes. they also have a perspective. I know that at my age, my perspective, you know, Nola, you were talking about how you're different than you were five years ago. Mm-hmm. There are things that would have rocked me and made me super upset five years ago that now don't at all you know that gift Mm -hmm. of age but we have to be open to hearing the lesson and at any age yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely and there's so many different lessons even for people who are younger and I love that you have the youngest is 15 in this group because sometimes, and I know Laura and I get this perspective a lot, being teachers and teaching the age group that we do. And of course, you are in you know education as well. And so you're surrounded by this kind of wide-eyed youthfulness that we lose as we get older. And there's something to be gained from the wisdom of our elders, but also to temper it with kind of the joy and enthusiasm of the younger people, that innocence, that just freshness that, you know, we've, we've lost touch with often as we've grown and experienced life in the world. And it's nice sometimes to, to listen to them, tell their stories and what's important to them and the dreams that they have, they're all going to take on the world and make it a better place. And don't we wish that they all would. And I think that's an important thing too. So I love that you had that wide age range as part of this group as well. That that was important to me. And, you know, there's those lessons. I love that you captured the freshness and the newness and everything that the younger people can teach us. I also just, you know, we've had that experience in the high schools, particularly where this is the worst day of my entire life and it's never going to get better. The perspective yeah. of the of the kids. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. If we, if we could just somehow span that, so that uh, mm-hmm. that that energy comes yeah. with a little bit of the other wisdom as well. And yeah. I think too, as I deal with so many of my peers, they're like, "How can you be still doing another podcast? Or how can you be thinking of launching a new radio show or another book?" I don't know, but I don't know how to stop either. <laughs> I mean, you, you get to a point where you just start to choose to do what it is that you like to do and you make time for those things. You you really do. There's there's something to be said for taking a step back and going on hiatus for a little while and resting. Sure, we all need to do yeah, that too. And, that, but... 
it. Absolutely. And I think that's one of those wisdoms. What is it? There's that quote that the secret to life is the elimination of non-essential. I think that's a, I don't know, that's a quote that I I like to think of sometimes. You just eliminate the things that are non-essential to you and you just, you stay in that space Mm -hmm. where everything is meaningful. Everything that you do has meaning. And one of those stories, you know, all the stories you hear are about the simple things. Most people who have a story to tell, I mean, even if they're telling a war story, they're zeroing in on what was important to them. We're not looking at, Mm -hmm. you know, major politics here and, you know, global strategies. They're looking at what happened in their bubble and Mm -hmm. what was important to their bubble and, you know, how they went through that. And so often we get so wrapped up in things that are outside of our bubble that we lose sight of what's in it. And that I love that, you know, letting go of what is not essential because what's mm-hmm. in- essential truly is, is what is in our immediate orbit. And I love that, that the stories and the wisdom of our elders often, often focus on getting back to that. Well, and I think of that with Laura with Kemp Camp as well. If anybody's ever gone camping or gone on a cruise, and I'm not talking about a cruise ship. I had the real benefit of cruising on a tiny boat, a 20-foot boat, you know. Oh, wow. uh, and you, you learn really you learn real, right? You learn real quickly. What? I was, I was gonna do my Gilligan's Island theme song. <laughs> We're on a three-hour tour, weren't you? <laughs> Laura was just ginger in Gilligan's Island. I know. Right. Context in that. in that mode. So, you know. <laughs> you learn real quickly what's essential, you know? You mm-hmm. think, oh my gosh, I'm going on this big trip and you have big stuff. You go on a camping trip or you go on a small boat, you learn real quickly. You need two pairs of shorts, a bathing suit, a yeah. top, That's it. and not mm-hmm. much else. Some sunscreen and you're good. <laughs> That's brilliant. Bug repellent. Yeah. <laughs> of non-essentials right yeah mm-hmm. even with a baby one of our cast members uh was able to adopt a baby during the show and he was asking what do i need what do i need and i was thinking geez uh, somewhere to put the baby when it sleeps <laughs> honestly let's be honest and some clothes to put on it and some probably some food mm-hmm. and that's like all the baby needs you know if you ever seen that like there's a there was a commercial that was on tv not long ago where it's like the first child the second child the third child you know and the mom's trying to get ready to go and there's like all this stuff this big stroller and she's cramming all these things in the bag by the third kid it's just like let's go let's go the kids over her shoulder you know it's like picking the binky up off the floor you know wipe it on your clothes i mean it's kind of that because you you really do and and that is of course even with moms you know going from first child to third child, second child, third child, and, you know, letting all of those things go. It's perspective and it's wisdom. It's what did I buy that I didn't need? What didn't I use? What did I think was essential that honestly was, was not. And how can I pare that down? Because now I've got, you know, all of these little people to take care of. Mm -hmm. I can't be keeping up with all of that stuff. And there, there's a wisdom in that. And, you know, experienced moms will try to tell you, you don't need the wipes warmer. It's just going to dry out half of your wipes. You really don't need it. You know, warm it up in your hand and wipe the bag. (laughs) There's things you don't need. And again, it's, it's learning to pause and to understand that these people, these women in our lives that try to offer us advice, sometimes it's not wanted. Sometimes it's more than we can handle. Sometimes it's different than what we would do, but 
even those, I believe that there's, there's some value in that. And, you know, there might be a kernel in that that you can use later on. Maybe it's not right for you now, but that doesn't mean that it's, it's not something to, to think about later on and find that gem of, of wisdom in there. Agreed. All right. So, sorry. Let me pause while no <laughs> while, I, yeah, while I drink. <laughs> it's the B part. <laughs> One of the many Bs is important to me. All right. So let's talk about what we're reading because we're all about books here, of course. And so writers read. I mean, that's that's what we do. We, we write books because we love to read books. So... Grace, what have you been reading? I know you're so busy. Do you even have time <laughs> to read? You know, I'm on a reading binge and I really love it. I try to, for my radio show, I do try to read at least the beginning or the end of every author that I talk to because I want to get a sense of how they write. I want to feel their characters. So I tried to read everything in the very beginning, but I don't have time yeah, to read everybody's hard. books anymore. But I always read at least a chunk of their book. But I have just given myself the gift because I am going on hiatus for the summer for part of the storytellers. And I am currently about to start Jocelyn um, Jones's book called Artist. And she is a number one forever a teacher of the top, top, top actors in Hollywood. And in her teaching of the actors in Hollywood, she found a way to get to your inner self. So as she was talking to actors about how do you find that place in you to bring forth that character, mm -hmm. she's really come up with a way on how to find that in yourself to live your best self. So I've just started that. And then I just finished Mandy Haynes's Oliver, which was fabulous. It's a novella felt very much like To Kill a Mockingbird. And for my first, I'm an ebook reader. And for the first time and forever, I have like six real books in a stack. So I'm <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I have not read Oliver yet. I do want to read it. Um, Mandy Haynes is incredible. Haynes from uh, Pulpwood Queen fame? Yes. yes. Oh, Mandy Haynes, she, um, she is fabulous Southern storyteller. She has such a voice in everything that she writes. It just comes to life. So I am itching to get my hands on Oliver. But until I can do that, I am about to get started on The Once and Future Witches by Alex Harrow. And this book was given to me for Christmas, and I've not gotten to it yet, by um, my daughter-in-law as of Saturday. She will be my daughter-in-law. And um, I love what she does for gifts. She will give me books that she enjoyed that she thinks that I would enjoy. And so I have my collection of books that has been given to me from her. And I love that that tradition oh, for funny. holidays is that, you know, I read this and I think that you would like it too. So I'm passing it to you. Okay. And so that is, since it is, recommendation. Um, yeah, it's a great recommendation. And she just graduated. Yeah. And she just graduated last weekend with her master's in English lit. So she knows her stuff too. And she reads a lot of books. Um, and she's actually working for a literary agency. So if she says it's a book I would enjoy, I am absolutely yeah. going to take that recommendation. And since their wedding is this weekend, I thought it was a good time to pick up the book that she gave me and kind of be in that moment with her. Awesome. 
Well, mine is funny. Okay. <laughs> well, here's what I've been reading. Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> the script. That's all I've been reading for almost two months. Um, but it was funny, Grace, because you you were talking about the book that you read about the actors. Um finding the inner story of the character that they're inhabiting. And I found out when I was doing the character of Ginger that it was, it's hard to do that when the character is iconic because yeah. can you play her as Laura Kemp would play her or do you have to play her as she was on the TV series? Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, that just kind of goes along, I guess, with the script that I was reading, trying to inhabit and figure out how to, to do that. And I, I was a little worried about it and I did have one person who I trust came up after one of the performances and said, you know, you were the perfect balance of not the caricature of Tina Louise or whoever played mm -hmm. her on that series. And he goes, you did a really good job making her you. So that was just a, that was a nice, nice compliment. So that's anyway, really, that's a really important point. Laura. There's that movie right now, pretty woman, the musical. Uh -huh. And I can't even watch the ads for it because it's not really <laughs> Roberts and Richard Gere. Well, right? Do that. That one is so incredible. Or like Dirty Dancing is oh, another yes. one. Yes. The do sequel. It. What? How do you do that without Patrick Swayze? What? Don't even do it. Yeah. Don't even do it. Well, I love that, that Ginger on Gilligan's Island, to me, she was always a redheaded Marilyn Monroe. Like, I felt like, you know, okay, this is Marilyn, but we're going to make her look different. And I love that you gave her your own twist. At the last minute, I decided to put red hair, hair color in because someone said, you can't be ginger without red hair. And I was like, all right. Well, I'll act the name, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. the name. But I, I love that you decided to put your own spin on it because I always felt like, you know, as much as I loved Gilligan's Island all the time, I kind of felt like, could she be somebody that's not quite so Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> like, I mean, because Marilyn mm -hmm. Monroe is iconic. And so now you've got Ginger being iconic, being an icon. <laughs> you know, it's like layers of icons on top of other layers icons. of icons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that you did that. Hmm. Well, ladies, we could talk all day. And I know that we absolutely could. And we're going to have to have Grace back on again another time because she has so many projects that she's working yeah. on and things to talk about. And we would talk about that you would so come much. back and share those <laughs> projects with us. Um, make sure that you take a look at Bookish Road Trip on Facebook or bookishroadtrip.com and see what they're up to. And if you truly love books and travel and just having some great things on tap and knowing what's coming up because they are super organized that's a great place for you to be so please check them out of course Her check book. out laura kemp on kemp camp on facebook and i have nola's second line as well so we do have our individual things going on but we do love to be part of all of these great facebook groups and bookish road trip is is definitely one of the cream of the crop and it's just a great place to be so Grace, where can they find you online other than Bookish Road Trip? You can find me at Grace Salmon on Facebook, on my author page on Facebook. I have two, but I basically hang out on my personal page, which I think is what most of us do. That's what I you do too. You can find me at Grace Salmon Writes over on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at G Salmon Writes. And uh, I love interacting with readers, doing book clubs and all of that. So, so check me out, find me out. And if you're debuting a book, direct message me and we'll figure out if we can have you on Launchpad. Oh, how cool. Sounds fabulous. And The Eaves is a great book for book clubs. It really is. Thank you. I mean, it is ideal for that. So if you've got a book club out there, guys, 
make sure that you pick up a copy of the eaves and see if it's right for your group because it's a fabulous fabulous discussion piece all right so until next time this has been a copywritten podcast of authors on the air global radio network and we will bring the books and the booze <laughs> join us next time for byob thanks guys Have a thanks great everybody night. Bye.